the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The church has had her share of high points and low points throughout her history. But the eternal state of the church, well, that's what we're interested in today, here on Truth For Today. The ministry of Valley Bible Church. Here in Hercules, this is Truth For Today. Hi there. Welcome to the program, and we would invite you to join us as we focus in on a few key verses that give us a clear understanding of what the future of the church is in its eternal state and what it all looks like. It's a very encouraging look at the church in God's hands. Join us, won't you? With today's broadcast of Truth For Today, here's Pastor Phil Howard. I'm going to look at a few verses, just a few verses. Then we'll launch into why the church, what is the future of the church. We started this last week, and we talked about the future of the temporal church. That uh, it's been through all kinds of storms, persecutions, perils. At times it's in revival, other times it's not in revival. It's a good season, bad season, you know... Uh, as Paul Crandall told me once, what do we do when we're not living in a time of revival? Uh, when I talk to pastors, I say, anybody being saved at your place? Anybody coming to Christ? And uh, I don't always hear there is. So you never know what the earthly journey is going to be. Are we lukewarm? Are we on fire? Have we lost our first love? Are we in love? Did you just get saved? Have you been saved? I mean, all these conditions that we all live with, it's just like yourself. Have you ever been more zealous for God than you are now? Have you ever had more energy for God than maybe you have now? Well, just keep having birthdays and energy will be a blessing. Because it's a diminishing supply. Uh, but I want to read with me in Titus. As we get ready, we're going to go, what is the future of the church eternally? And eight things we're going to look at. I'll review the two that we shared, and then we'll look at the six other things. And I'm sure I'm missing some of them. But listen to what this verse says. Titus 2.11 For the grace of God has appeared. That's a past tense. Bringing salvation for all people. That had to be the coming of Christ. Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. And to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. Waiting for the drudgery. Waiting for the great tribulation. Waiting for what? And what is that? The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior. Uh, is Jesus ever called God? Right there. The appearing of our great God and Savior, 
It's use of him interchangeably, Jesus Christ. Our blessed hope that makes us happy is being saved gives you hope, and hope is simply faith projected in the future. It gives substance to it as though it's already occurred for you. You've already gone to heaven. You've already been raptured. It can be that real to you because faith is projected in the future. We call it hope. I've been saved in hope. And it's the hope of the blessed coming of Christ. Now, look at Revelation. One of the finest and probably simplest books in the Bible. If you would just read it. One guy said he didn't understand the book. I said, have you read it? He said, no. (laughs) And no wonder you don't understand it. Uh, Look at Revelation 22, verse 7. Anybody got a red ink Bible? Okay, it's in red ink, so who's talking? And behold, I am coming quickly, soon. That is a tough verse, isn't it? It's been 2,000 years. The word... uh, Soon has the idea of sudden. When it happens, it'll be sudden. It'll be quick. It'll be over. And Jesus likened it to the days of the flood. That all of a sudden, it happened. And they never knew what was coming. Boom. It was sudden. It was over. Too late. It obviously didn't mean tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Not tomorrow. It's always been what we call imminent. There's no signs waiting to be fulfilled for Christ to come. But he said, I am coming soon. Quickly. Suddenly. But notice we keep on going. Look at verse 12. Behold, I am coming soon. Bringing my reward with me. To repay everyone for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. The first and the last. The beginning and the end. Look at verse 17. The Spirit and the Bride, which is the church, say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. It's an invitation to come to Christ the water. Come to Christ the bread from heaven. So the spirit and the church, his bride, they're saying come. And they've been saying come for 2,000 years since the cross. Come. Come to Christ. He'll, He'll quench your thirst. Come to Christ. He'll quench the hunger of your heart. Come. Christ is coming. But he's saying come. See you're not ready for his second coming. Until you know why he came the first time. Have you ever received his first coming? Why? To save you. So now let's take a trip. Let's just imagine. You just came to Christ. Let's say you were in Corinth or Rome. You stepped out of idol worship. Paganism. Uh, Before this time, uh, you were taught by Greek philosophy to say, 
Uh, when you die, we just throw you in the ground. They burn a lot of bodies. It's hard to get rid of a body when you're in a packed city and you don't have a funeral business. So they burned them up. Burned them. And they taught, Plato did, and Hercules, that you just evaporate and your existence ends at the grave. And that is a very popular view still today. You cease to exist the moment you die. The Bible has a totally different view of your future. Now, let's see what the Bible says. Let's start. We'll review. Last week we saw that Jesus said in the upper room, number one, I promise to return for my people. I Don't let your hearts be overwhelmed with sorrow. I'm going away. But I shall come again that I might bring you to myself to a place I'm preparing. We will look in Revelation later to see what the place looks like. But we have this promise. So I'm saved. Oh, by the way, did you know uh, there's a date in which Jesus is going to come back for you? You said, what? I said, Jesus is going to come back for you. Uh, look at, uh, listen to this. Turn to Mark, Mark 13. You might as well break in that, get that gold covering off those pages. Break it in. Look at uh, Mark 13, 32. What Jesus said in Matthew 24. But concerning that day when he comes back, or that hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. No one knows when he's coming back. No one knows the hour or the day. But he said, I'm coming back. Have you ever had guests tell you, we'll see you next week? What day? Uh, we don't know. We'll just show up. My mother's mother used to do that. I hated it. Because everything had to be clean every day. <laughs> Mama's coming. Mama's coming. So what? I don't want to make up my bed. Mama's coming. You go make up your bed. So David made up the bed. <laughs> be on guard. Keep awake. For you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge. Each with his work and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come. In the evening, or at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. He's coming. He's coming like a thief that you're not expecting or a guest returning. So Christ can come any moment, any moment. So number one, he promises, I will return for my own, John 14. Two, we read 1 Thessalonians 4. When he comes, he's going to do two things. He's going to resurrect all saints who have died before he returns. And he's going to change a whole generation that will still be alive when he comes. And he translates them, changes them in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And so we may be a part of that generation that just like that, in a moment, twinkling of an eye, we're changed. 
and we're with the Lord. He takes us up, the dead in Christ rise, and we go up together to see the Lord. Now that, whether you know it or not, you didn't have a boat, you are already got a ticket to be in that event. That will happen. It's automatic. And and he's going to change your body, change them in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. So I got two things. He promised he'd come back. 1 Thessalonians 4 tells me what that will look like, whether I get resurrected or if I would be translated. Now, three. In 1 Thessalonians 4, he comes for the saints in the air. But guess what he does in Revelation 19? Look at that. Revelation 19. All believers believe in the second coming of Christ. But some feel there's just one coming, that he comes uh, at the end of this age, and he comes. There's some of us, we believe that coming's in two parts. One, the rapture, we believe, is before the tribulation, a seven-year period of great wrath and judgment on the earth from God. And so some believe we go through that period, some believe we don't. We're of the view that we're going to get out of here by way of being raptured. And that word rapture is from a Greek word harpazo, caught up, caught up. We won't fight with you about rapture, but we will about harpazo. We will be caught away. Then what's amazing is Revelation, he comes along and he says, we saints show up again, but it's a second part to the coming. Watch this. We'll pick up at verse uh, 11, 1911. Then I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And the name by what she is called is the word of God. And notice, and the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen. Angels don't wear this. This describes saints. The saints who've been rewarded, who have garments of fine linen. Now watch what it says. White and pure were following him on white horses. His army happens to be the saints he saved. Have you ever rode a horse? You will hear. (laughs) From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. Notice he doesn't come in blessing. He doesn't come here in 1 Thessalonians, he comes to blow the trumpet, sound, we're resurrected, we're translated. But here's another coming, and it's not coming to bless, it's coming to judge. This is his return to the earth with his saints. We've already been with him seven years. Now we're riding back. The king that you spit on, that you rejected, that the kings of the earth said, this Galilean will never rule over us. He's coming back with heaven's armies. And I think you and I will be in the army. And he says, he from his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. 
and he will rule them with a rod of iron. Psalms 2. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has a new name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun. And with a loud voice he called to all the birds that fly directly overhead. Now, see, we're going to be raptured for the marriage supper of the Lamb, right? Okay. Now watch this feast. And he called all the birds that fly directly overhead. Come, gather for the great supper of God to eat the flesh of kings the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and their riders, and the flesh of all men, both free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth with their armies. They're in Armageddon. They've gathered to fight against Jerusalem and the Jewish remnant that are saved. They've gathered and they've got their armies in Armageddon. They're out there on the scene. The nations of the earth have been driven there by demons unleashed in the Euphrates rivers. Revelation 16. And their armies gathered to make war against him who was sitting on the horse and against his army. And the beast was captured and with it the false prophet. The beast is the Antichrist. False prophet. He's the preacher who, who promotes him during the tribulation. Who in his presence had done the signs by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast. And those who worshipped its image, these two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. And the rest were slain by the sword that came from the mouth of him who was sitting on the horse, and all the birds were gorged with their flesh. This is the coming of Christ someday, not to offer salvation, but to rule and to take and smash his enemies like a potter's vessel. He will say, I am God. I came and you killed me. You crucified me. You cursed me. You called me a child of fornication. I come back not to negotiate, but to rule. Listen, listen to what the saints will be doing. You got to see this, Second Thessalonians. Turn over there, Second Thessalonians. Notice what we'll be doing during this scene. This is an amazing thing. He's talking to persecuted saints. And he says, uh, he will come again. Uh, that Second uh, Thessalonians 1, chapter 1. And we'll pick up uh, verse 6. Since indeed God considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you. So he's telling the saints, don't worry. I'm going to get even with those that are persecuting you. It's quite an interesting Revelation 6 that the martyrs pray that God will take vengeance on those who killed them. In heaven they will be praying, knock off our enemies. They killed us because we were Christians. Now we say, oh that's an unforgiving spirit. He never says anything about that. Judge our enemies. And he will. And watch. He's coming to replay, repay with affliction those who afflict you, to grant relief to you who are afflicted, as well as to us. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven 
with his mighty angels. So we get in this. Now he's bringing angels with him. In flaming fire. Inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God. And on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. Isn't that amazing? We're always saying believe the gospel. He says obey the gospel. There's no saving faith without obedience. If you claim to know God, you don't want to obey. You don't know Him. You don't know Him. You don't know Him. You're deceived with religion. Those who love Him, obey Him. John 14. He who loves me keeps my commands. And His commands are not a burden. And He comes. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His might. When He comes on that day to be glorified in His saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed because our testimony to you was believed. He's saying that when Christ comes back and He's going to judge the armies of Armageddon, He's going to judge the nations of the earth. And in this scene, he says, his saints will just set back along with spirit beings and admire his power. Admire the might he's showing. He says, this is our God. This is our King. This is our Savior. Not riding on a donkey this time. He's riding the best stallions of heaven. He's riding in as a conqueror. Greater than a Nero. Greater than any Roman. If this is coming. And whether you like it or not. The whole world is going to see this event. The saints are going to see it alongside of him. The rest of the earth is going to be judged. By this mighty vengeful. Get even God. That says you rejected everything I gave you. Now I reject you. I banish you from my presence forever. This is coming. This is coming. This is coming. The fourth thing we want to consider. This gets a little heavy. Go to Romans 8. So I promise to come again. I will come to rapture my people. Translate some. I promise to come to the earth again. And pour out vengeance on those who hate me and reject me. Now in Romans 8. Paul picks up a theme. That is a part of your salvation. He said your salvation started in eternity past. For whom he foreknew. And that word foreknow. A better translation is foreloved. The word know in Hebrew is yada. And yada was the term to depict sexual union in marriage. He went into the tent and he knew her. That was the euphemism for consummating the marriage. So the word no was not two plus two equals four. It meant to have intimate knowledge of. And so what he's saying there is God had intimate knowledge of you before you existed. You were foreloved before you even showed up. And then he says... While you're reeling from that, he says, and at that time he set limits around your life we call predestination. He set boundaries around your life. 
who, where you would be born, what color you would be, what your hair texture is going to be like, which nation you're going to be born in, who your mom and dad's going to You had nothing to do with all of that. He did. I don't believe in it. You don't have to. You don't undo God. You're just an unbeliever. But he said, I'm telling you the roadmap. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to His knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call. 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Prayerfully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855 833-9864 or write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue Suite 278 Hercules, California The zip code is 94547 And that website once again truthfortodayradio.org It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.